I get to uh, introduce to you, and many of you, it's you already know Arturo quite well. Um, Arturo Velasco is a, truly a good friend, a close friend of many of you, and a, a very good friend to me. Um, I couldn't think of anybody better to share a message of hope with us this morning and a message of encouragement with us this morning. Arturo has been an encouragement to our church uh, for many years. He's one of our first, he and Lion of Judah Church is one of our first mission partners as a church. We sensed uh, many years ago that we wanted to connect with people in other parts of the world who were doing work similar to what we were doing and and partner with them on that work. We wanted to have a kind of different way of looking at, at mission and what that means, not a top-down approach to mission, but a partnership approach. So we've always called our mission, the missionaries that we're connected with, mission partners, because we do a great deal of learning and receiving from them, just as we hope that they are able to receive in different ways from us. So many of you have been to Mexico. Um, uh, I've uh, had the joy of knowing Arturo and seeing his work um, uh, firsthand uh, for, for many, many years. But welcome, and we're glad to have you. So it's good to, to be here. It's an honor to have been invited to, to your beautiful church. It's really nice to see the kids with the families met, meeting and, ha and having uh, this uh, time with the Lord and, and, and with each other in the commodity of our homes. I, I don't know how, what to think about that, if it's good or bad, because for one, for one side, we can have a cup of coffee and on the other side, we cannot hug each other. So anyway, I remember uh, the first time I, I was in the Open Doors project. That was many years ago. And uh, they were starting to meet in this old building with a really nice window work with the, the, the beautiful stained glass, or how do you call it, stained glass? Beautiful, beautiful stained glass windows. And uh, I remember that you had your coffee station and then you had your prayer station. <laughs> that was really nice. And you were trying to do, to do something different. I remember you're, you were celebrating your the, the Lord's Supper, and you had a table right in the middle, and we were actually sitting like in little tables, right? <laughs> and, you, and you invited us to take turns and go up in the table. The table had 10 chairs. So we sat around those chairs and took whatever time we wanted to take to talk to each other, to drink and eat the bread that was there and drink the drinks that were there. <laughs> and that was the way you, you celebrated the Lord's Supper. It was, it was really cool. It was really unique. <laughs> and, I, and I knew then that, that you wanted to, to do things in a unique and special way. 
and knowing both uh, BJ's and, and John's backgrounds in a Presbyterian church where I also was invited to preach and I had to preach a 15-minute sermon, the exact same sermon <laughs> three times, I, I, I know that this this was a stretch for them. <laughs> they, they wanted to do things in a very different and unique way. <laughs> and and I remember I remember the the time that I first uh, sat in the outside of the garden in the project in um, at the what's farm in, in the farm yeah and. Uh, you had a church there. It was amazing because we had people. We had a we had these red-haired uh, girls there, the mom and the girl. We had black folks. We we had Hispanic folks. We had we had U.S. citizens or or native people. We 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 had all kinds of folks uh, sitting down in the uh, outside singing songs. And I, and I thought, and I told John, John, this is a church. Mm -hmm. We were actually eating uh, nachos with with salsa that that John's mother had made. <laughs> or we made it there, right mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. We made some salsa, and we ate chips and salsa together, celebrating the harvest of the farm, mm -hmm. of the Garfield farm, and, and celebrating that we were together and celebrating life and celebrating that this project has impacted this community and reduced the crime rates. Mm. So it's amazing. It, that's church. Mm. Church doesn't have to be uh, one way or another. We, we often like mold ourselves to molds. <laughs> and, and I think we should be ready uh, we should try to be more ready for change and, and encourage each other for good deeds in whatever setting, in, in whatever uh, time we are, we are found. Mm -hmm. Today we are found in a very uh, strange position. <laughs> we can't meet. We have to meet by Zoom. We have to have some uh, security measures because we are afraid to get sick with this virus and stuff like that, right? And the uh, so this is a challenge for every church in all the world. This is a, a, an amazing thing that's happening in all the world. And uh, today I want to start by reminding us of a text in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. And uh, I want to read it. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Okay. So Jesus defeated every circumstance and defeated every sin and defeated death. And, and he is our high priest. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence 
so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. The Greek word for that, the expression for the grace to help us in our time of need is the help you need just when you need it. <laughs> so it is, it is really nice to, it is encouraging to know how much God loves us. How much God loves us. That he became one of us, suffered the same limitations of life that we suffer, uh, suffered difficult circumstances as we may suffer. And he's trying to, to let us know that we should not think on him as a, as a God that is ready to punish our sin and, and, and is a, a serious God that, that we need to approach with, uh, with uh, seriousness and, 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 and fear. This is an amazing text where God opens his heart and says to us, come here with confidence because I understand who you are. And I opened the throne of grace for you where you can find two things, mercy and the help you need. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? We, we don't find correction and, 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 and judgment. We find mercy. What does a sinner need when he sins? He needs to be reminded that he sinned. Uh, I think we often remind ourselves too, too strongly when we sin. We need mercy. And God is a merciful God that, that tells the sinner, come when you need me. Don't go away. Don't, don't hide from me when you're, when you're in, in a bad shape, when you're fearing, when you're in trouble. Come. I have two things for you, two gifts for you. I love you. And I am able to give you what you need when you need it. Wow. Isn't that encouraging? Our God loves us. And our God is powerful to give us what we need when we need it. So the Bible tells us to encourage each other with these words. To remind each other the promises of our God. Let's look at, at uh, Hebrews 10.24, a little bit ahead. Of, ahead. In, in chapter 10, verse 24, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let's not give up meeting together. Oh, let's read from verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, since we have this God that loves us and is powerful, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Wow. Yeah. 
Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day is approaching. All right. So what does it mean to, to, to meet, to, to, to meeting together? Not going to a Sunday service. That's where we go to learn something <laughs> and, to, and to eat and drink coffee together <laughs> and to hug each other. But what it really means is do not hide from each other. Do not be discouraged to continue the relationships, to, to be friends to each other, to love each other, just as your God did not uh, send you away, just as your God recognized you, just as your God remains with you all the time and opens his arms to you always. There was a time where the people of Israel thought they had lost their God. They were abandoned <laughs> in, a, in a strange land in Egypt. They were enslaved. And all of a sudden, they started to feel that God was not with them. And they cried out. Let's open our Bibles in Exodus chapter 2. Uh, let's read from verse 23. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning. <laughs> and he remembered his covenant with Abraham with Isaac, with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. The Spanish version, version says that God recognized them. There is a change in the English version. It says God was concerned about them. The Hebrew word says that God was God recognized his relationship with them. Actually, literally, it says God related to them. So some, some things in Hebrew are difficult to translate, <laughs> right? But what it really means is that God remembered them that they were his children. God embraced them and said, you are mine. God assured them that he was with them. God gave them Hebrews 5, 16, 4,000 years before <laughs> he gave it to us. <laughs> so, isn't this encouraging to, to know that we have a God that is always with us, that will never abandon us, 
that will never uh, not recognize us. What would be the word, John, for, for, for recognition? It's not recognition like, oh, I, I know you, I remember you. It's like, like remembering the bond we have, remembering uh, the, 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 the blood bond that, that someone has with another that is unbreakable, right? <laughs> so this is in itself, for me, has been the most encouraging thing throughout my life. I remember having a, a, a friend pastor. He was a black guy, Mr. Cedric Hinson. And I remember one day I, was, I felt bad because I had made some mistakes in the ministry. And I came up to him and said, man, I goofed it. <laughs> You're not going to love me anymore. And he hugged me and said, Arturo, you're stuck here. <laughs> That's what God is saying to you, man. <laughs> you're stuck here. There's no one that can take you away from here because I love you. But I sin, God. It doesn't matter. Come here. But, I, but I'm afraid, God. I, 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 I did not trust you as I should have. Uh, I knew, but come. Come here, come, come here, come, come near me, because I can't forgive your sin. I have forgiven your sin, because there is nothing that you can do that can prevent me from embracing you and recognizing you and saying you're mine. No one can take that from you and from me. It's interesting, it's interesting to note also that it's not only you that can maintain this love. It's God that wants to maintain this love for you. It's God's initiative to love you. God is in love with us and wants to maintain this love. God is interesting. God takes initiative. Do you think these Israelites remembered God after having forgotten about him? Because it says that God finally heard. <laughs> Do you think God didn't hear before? I think all the time God heard and was trying to reach them. It was when they realized, oh man, we're in trouble, we need God. That God appeared and said, oh, you're mine. You've always been mine. So, let's read 1 Thessalonians 4.18. For me, having the friendships of John, last time we spoke, we talked about our children. Sometimes it feels really... Uh, discouraging because we see the struggles of our kids overseas <laughs> 10,000 kilometers away and we are unable to do something to help each other right we we pray for each other mm -hmm. we recognize each other we encourage each other and we share our struggles and and, uh, and John heard my daughter singing and he offered 
to to help her record a, a record of her singing and, and encouraged her and, and told me she sings really well. Let's do something to help her. That, I mean, I don't know if it will happen. I we we will we will try for it to happen for sure. But if it happens or if it doesn't, it represents the love that he has for me and for my family. It represents that that I am valuable for him. And having this throughout the years is what keeps me going. Having friends, having people whom I can look at the eyes and we can remember our stories together and we can love each other. This is what keeps me going. This is the difference between any kind of religion, any kind of philosophy, any kind of thing in this world and, and the love of God in us. Jesus said, there is no greater love than this. When someone puts his life for others, gives his life for others. So it is really encouraging for me to know how much I am loved by God, how deeply I am loved by God. And he is asking us to love each other in the same way. He's asking us to recognize each other and to love each other. We are more than attendance to a Zoom conference. <laughs> we were attendance to a church meeting. <laughs> but we, we are a lot more than people who are mutually interested in, in learning about God and serving God. We are family. We have become family of God. We have become brothers and sisters. We have become linked and joined by the blood of Christ, by, by the spirit of God. By, we have become hires with Christ. Let's read 1 Thessalonians 4, 18. Let's read from 13. We don't, brothers, we don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. <laughs> It's interesting that the Bible calls death sleep. <laughs> We're not dead, man. We are eternal. Or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. Hallelujah. He will come for sure. <laughs> like he came to rescue his people from Egypt. Like he's coming to rescue us every time we are in need. 
But he's going to come back again one day to restore all things. We may be alive, who knows? And 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 when the trumpet call of God and, uh, will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Wow. The promises of God are sure thing. They will be fulfilled. The Lord will remember who he is and who we are for him and will do what he said he will do. Everyone is suffering right now. Many of us are suffering the deaths of loved ones because of this virus. Many of us are suffering the loss of jobs, the loss of economy, etc. Right? But we can never ever lose the love of our God. We can never ever lose the help of our God. We can never ever lose the sureness that his promises will be fulfilled. And we should encourage each other with that. Let me, let me just say three quick things. Why are we afraid of coming closer, of loving each other unconditionally? I don't know if the fears in the US are the same as the fears in Mexico, but we share some things in common. So let me, let me talk as a Mexican. <laughs> what makes Mexicans afraid of uh, coming closer? One is we're afraid of being betrayed. And this comes from having been betrayed before, oftentimes. So our bad experiences from the past tend to hinder our desire to come closer together. It's okay if, if we have the same faith. It's okay if we go to the same church. Let's not make it closer than that. Let's be in a safe place. I remember reading uh, Josh McDowell's book some sometime, and he was explaining that the same uh, cover of protection that we put on our hearts to prevent us from suffering hurt is the same covering that prevents us from loving. So we cover up our hearts not to be hurt, but we're also hindering our capacity to love. So I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of time to, to explain more technically, but let me just boldly say this. Just you're going to be hurt. You may be hurt again. Things may not come out as you expect. People, some people will will defraud you, or, or what's what's the word? The betray, betray you, or, or 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 not do what you expect, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Continue loving 
please, brothers, do not stop loving. The, the, the most dangerous thing in the world, you want to know what the, mo the most dangerous thing for the world today is? Let's read it in Matthew chapter 24, the verse 12. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Jesus is talking here about all the things that are going to happen before the end comes. And apparently the most dangerous thing that can happen to the world is that we become cold. Is that we lose our capacity to love. Don't let that happen to you. Please. Let us not have this happen to us. Let, let us continue loving. What is, what is the, the as, I, as I just said before, John, if, if we are able to, to do the, the music thing with my girl or not, you love me. And that is enough. That encourages my heart. I, I want you to love me. I receive that from you and I thank you I thank you for the desire of your heart. Remember when, when the Apostle Paul was talking about some tithing that people were giving, he said, it doesn't matter how much you give it. What matters is the disposition of your heart. So I don't measure the love because of the results. I measure the love because of the, what is in the heart. And I know you love me and you love my girl. And, and that is encouraging. And that is that's what we should do. Keep on loving. As I said, <laughs> we, we need an, a lot of time to technically study what happens in the heart and mind of men when they are betrayed and what man needs to do to overcome this. <laughs> it's not an easy thing. But just keep these words in mind. Don't stop loving. Love again. Do not shut your hearts. Because of the fear of being hurt. Another thing, just two things today that can hinder us from opening our hearts and loving each other more closely. <laughs> Doubt. Am I in the right church? Am I with the right people? <laughs> Why did God choose Israel? He actually says in Exodus that he did not choose them because they were a great people or a powerful people. He chose them because he wanted to. Read with me Ephesians chapter 1, quickly. This is our last text today. <laughs> Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. This is a bilingual Bible. It says...
in, in verse 5, he says, he predestined us. Oh, let me read it in English. It says, he predestined us to be adopted as his son through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. <laughs> in the Mexican version, it, it says something that can be translated as because he wanted. God chose you because he wanted to. And the words here, the adjectives here are amazing because of his pleasure and will. God chose us because he, he, because he wanted to. So we should choose each other. <laughs> we should decide to choose each other. Okay, is it a risk? Yes. If I choose you to be my friend, is it a risk? Yes. We have to be wise, especially in a public place. The church was in a public place. My church is in a public place, in the <coughs> right in the downtown of a city. Lots of people come in and out. So we should choose wisely. But we should choose and decide. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you, man. Just as God loved me. I'm going to be a man that loves in the middle of a difficult world. I'm going to learn how to overcome my bitterness, the betrayals I've gone through in life, and the hurts and pains I've gone through in life. And I am not going to let me become a bitter, non-loving man. One time, I helped some, some men in the church. I gave them money of my family. I chose to love them. And they betrayed me. And my leader in a phone call said to me, this will teach you a, this will teach you a lesson not to do this again. You know what I said to him? Of course, I am confident with him. I said, shut up, devil. <laughs> I am not going to stop loving. I'm going to do it again the next time. Maybe with more wise, maybe I, I'll become more wise to do it. <laughs> But I'm going to trust again because his words were, this will teach you not to trust people again. I said, no way, devil. Not because I was betrayed once, not because I was hurt once, means that all people are like that. So choose each other, love each other. In Mexico, we say put all the put all the meat in the oven. <laughs> Do you have this expression or some something similar? No, but I think I think we get it. <laughs> Don't hold nothing back. Love. <laughs> Do not be defeated by sin, but defeat sin by love. 
Hmm. Today we have three things: love, uh, love, hope, and faith. But the greater of these is love. So I hope I have encouraged you at least to think on these things and read some more <laughs> and look for some more <laughs> mm -hmm. because this is a deep topic it's, and, and, and we need a lot more. Mm -hmm. But in a, in, a, in a small sermon like this, what I can say to you is love, love, love. Do not stop loving. Do not be part of the world that loses love. Be a part of the world that keeps the love of God running and going and alive. Do not be afraid to love because your God will be with you when you love. Mm. Fear not, my children, says the Lord. I am with you all the days. In the world you will suffer, but I am with you every day till the last day. Mm. So thank you very much for letting me share some thoughts with you and uh, and pray for us so we can continue loving each other here in Mexico. And I will pray for you guys. So in these new stages, in, in many senses of your lives, you will love each other powerfully, deeply, deeply, uh, strongly. And this love will make you better mm -hmm. and defeat all sin and all wrongdoings. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Arturo. All right. Thank you, John. We, um, each week after the sermon, we take communion together. So right. I'm going to give you and everybody else a moment to go get some bread or some juice, <coughs> whatever you got in the kitchen um, that resembles grape juice and bread. And we'll take communion in just a moment. Thanks so much for listening in to this week's podcast. Sorry it's out a little bit late. This is a sermon from March 14th, um, so a few days late. Um, if you need info on The Open Door, you want to um, participate with us live um, on Zoom or in person coming up soon, um, we're going to be uh, opening back up um, somewhat in person. I'm really excited to do that. Uh, check out our website and get on our mailing list. Our website is pghopendoor.net. Uh, go check that out. And we also have a Facebook page and a group that are really good ways to um, stay connected, especially the group. So the Open Door Church group. All right. Peace to you and uh, blessings. And hopefully we will see you soon. Stay safe.